You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. We have been in a series about when our world seems off course, as you may have picked up from that video that helped us introduce where we are headed today. But today, in the final message of this series, let me take you to a field uh, outside a little Middle Eastern town. The year is zero BC, and the world seems very much off course. Uh, For instance, the people are living every day of their lives under this dominating, oppressive Roman military uh, and the judgmental, uh, critical eye of the religious police. Imagine just living every day like that. It's a violent world. Being poor is normal and life is cheap. And then, sort of like last week's news, the most uh, powerful political leader in the world just introduced a big tax law. It's true. Historian Dr. Luke writes, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. But for these men in a field outside Jerusalem working on what turned out to be Christmas Day, it just seemed like a day like every other work day. At the end of the day, they did what they'd done the day before. After talking to sheep all day, what do you want to do? How many have toddlers in the household? After talking to them all day, it's just nice to have some adult conversation, right? And so they'd get together in the evenings around the campfire and uh, talk, uh, get their sheep together and settle down for the night and uh, have a nice conversation, maybe get some, some dinner, reach in their backpack and pull out, I don't know, some goat cheese, Dried figs and pita bread? I don't know. And, and, and uh, what's that stuff you put on it too, you know? Yeah, anyway. So they, they'd, uh, they'd have this wonderful time together. And, and again, it's Dr. Luke, the historian, that describes the scene. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Now, you, you, you're used to just going on where the angel appears in the sky, but hold, hold, hold on here. Before we get to the surprise of their lives in the sky, let's ask a few questions here. Now, I know, I know it's Christmas time, and I know everyone in the room pretty well is probably suffering from Christmas ADD, right? So, so stay with me. Answer these questions about these shepherds. First of all, do they have jobs? Do they have food to eat? Hummus, that's what it's called. Anyway, (laughs) do they have each other? Let's get more basic. Are they breathing? You're really convinced of that one, aren't you? Is gravity working that night? Well, not for the angels, but hold on. That's, That's later in the story, all right? Pastor Keith, why in the world, of course, are you asking all of these basic questions. Well, I was reading an article in the Globe and Mail that got me thinking. It was about a study that was done by environmental economists from all over the world. These scientists, listen to this, they estimate that the economic value of the services that the natural systems provide for us, you know, air, water, gravity, just provided for us, guess how much they would cost They're valued at $42 trillion a year. No tax, 
I mean, just, just, just that, that's how much it costs. So can you, can you imagine what would happen if God showed up to collect the rent or else he cut off services? You know, <laughs> we'd be choking. Why God? You know, their last breath. If he cut off gravity, we'd be all up in the air, just, just upset. And anyway, I thought it was funny. Forty-two trillion a year just to keep us alive in ways that we just take for granted and don't even think about. Here's how the theologians say it. You know, if Dr. Van was here, here's how he would say it, because he's a trained theologian. Listen to this. Creation is not self-existent and self-sustaining. And that preservation is not merely a refraining from destroying that which has been created, but a continuous agency of God by means of which he maintains in existence that which he has created. What does that mean? It means that if the creator was not daily involved in sustaining what he had made, we'd all be gone long ago. It's like life support. If someone pulls the plug, they're gone. It's exactly like that. Every one of us in the room are on God's daily life support system. It's an evidence of God's care, that he wants humans, animals, plant life. He wants life on this planet to continue. Now, you know, these are going to be easy questions. How many in this room are breathing? <laughs> that, that's evidence that God's supplying oxygen to you right now. How many have food this Christmas? How many, let me ask this question, how many have way too much food this Christmas? And you're looking forward to it. Well, that's evidence that God's providing in creation what we need to produce agriculturally. How many people in your life? How many have a wonderful church family? I love them. Pastor John loves them. I don't see why you... Anyway, <laughs> what am I saying? Listen, here's what I am saying. Listen, if you never receive one other gift this Christmas, you go home, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, you open... If you never receive another gift this Christmas, God has already blessed you with the best gifts that you could ever have. Amen? Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for your... The daily bread, your daily provision. Now, now, it's not only God's care of me. Let's see what happens to the shepherds next. Uh, you know, I think, by the way, if it was Christmas 2017, I think that meeting of the shepherds would have taken a place at Tim Hortons in Perry Sound, Ontario. <laughs> I used to go up there and you know, drive and get there in the early hours of the morning and watch these amazing specimens of humanity come in to Tim Hortons. And they'd always talk about the same thing. First was always the weather, right? And then if they moved on, maybe a little bit about their family. I'd just be listening in and getting ready for my work day, grabbing some breakfast there. And, and then it was the economy. And then politics. Every once in a while, religion. So I, I can just picture these shepherds, you know, just the same kind of a group that would get together at Tim Hortons for just a little bit of a get-together before, you know, their night's sleep in this case. And after talking about the weather, what are they going to talk about next? The economy. You know, the price, oh, what, the price of lamb chops is going to go down next year. I'm not looking forward to next year, you know. 
And then politics. Now, for them, politics and religion did mix. It just, it just one flowed right into the other. And so it, it wouldn't be long where they'd say, how long do you think we're going to live under the thumb of these Roman oppressors? How long before the Messiah would come that Isaiah and the prophets have promised? How long are we going to live in these miserable, oppressive conditions? I mean, everyone that's led a rebellion against the Romans in our lifetime, like Simon, Theodos, the Romans took them out. And as they just sort of drift off to sleep with this discontent with the way things were in their world, of course, as they drift off to sleep, they, they, they can see the lights Seven kilometers north, they can see the lights of their religious capital, Jerusalem. Uh, not far away, less than a kilometer away probably, they could see the, the lights of a little town of Bethlehem. But they also, just recently excavated in recent years, they could see Herod's villa. Just that, con guess where our tax dollars are going, you know? <laughs> they'd look over there and they'd see Herod's villa. Then there's them. Away from Jerusalem, away from Bethlehem, away from the Roman might. They're off the radar. They're right off the radar. When suddenly, suddenly, Luke 2, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Can you imagine being there? Listen to this. I love this line. The glory of the Lord shone around them. Can you imagine having the glory of God just, just, oh just sensing the glory of God all around you. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. What's this word right here? Next slide, please. Yeah. <laughs> Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to... He is the Messiah, the Lord. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, say it with me, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Notice the location that God chooses to make the greatest birth announcement in all of human history. The angel bypasses the religious capital, goes right by the town of Bethlehem and Herod's residence nearby, and goes to this out-of-the-way place, out in a field, out in a field. It just tells you something, how God will go out of the way to reach the most marginalized people. It tells me, you know what it tells me? It tells me God's awareness of me. Not just his care of me, but his awareness of me. How many have ever had a moment in this, on this planet with 7.6 million people where you, you, you just wondered, does my life even matter? You know, this Christmas can, uh, there's some in the room. Pastor Jonathan prayed for you already. You can feel that way. Listen, especially if you're in this room and you're struggling through a family breakup or a job loss or uh, someone that you love that you lost and they loved you. This Christmas, there are people that I'm talking to right now, the events of the last year 
or years have you in a place where Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year? And the phone may not ring, and your email, bo- email box may be empty. Because people that were there in your past have either moved on or they've passed on. But do you know what the shepherds say to us today? <laughs> God knows exactly where you are. He's just so good at finding us when we're out of the way and feeling marginalized and that our lives do not matter. I love the way the angel said to the shepherds, what's that word we underscored? I've got good news for you and to all people. But he says, it's for you. It's for you. And the message to you today in this room is that God is very much aware of you and what you are going through. And you have a Savior who understands what you are going through. He was tempted in all points as we are. He understands what we go through. Listen to me. And He is with you. And He is for you. And He wants you with Him forever. Amen? Oh, thank you, Lord. By the way, did you notice a verse that I left out of the angel's announcement? Did you notice the one I left out? You say, well, first tell us why you left it out. Because it doesn't fit doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with the rest of the verses. The rest of the verses are good news of great joy for you and all people. And then a great company of the heavenly hosts. Glory to God in the highest heaven, earth peace to all men on whom his favor rests. It's just glory. It's razzle dazzle. It is a spectacular angelic supernatural announcement. Why spoil the razzle dazzle spectacular with a few words about an animal's feeding bucket? Why would you put that? I mean, you glorious announcement. It's like being in a service and having to make an announcement, you know, with the presence of God and having to announce someone left the, the lights on in their car. You know what I mean? It's just, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. You just don't want it. But anyway. So shut the lights off on your car in 2018. <laughs> it just doesn't fit with the rest of the verses. And there's a lot of verses that just don't seem to fit. How many bad verses that you don't have underlined in your Bible? You just wonder, what, what in the world is that there for? Have you ever had a Christmas experience where you, what you got didn't fit what you wanted? I, I, was, I know we got the children with us. I remember when I was either six or seven. I couldn't figure it out. But six or seven, my cousin was in a very troubled family situation, had been living with us for a few months, and now was Christmas with us. So there weren't just the five kids in the family. Now my cousins, there's six children. And my parents, you know, they did all right, but they didn't have a big income. For you. But we all knew that we would get one big gift. And the rest were socks and underwear. You know what I mean? So you, you went, you got up early Christmas morning, and you went there, and you got your big gift, and you held on to it and said, can we open it yet? Can we open it yet? Right? And uh, so my parents, probably just trying to make my cousin feel special because of what he'd been through, said, okay, uh, Hillary, you open your, 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 your gift first. And, and he tore it open. It was so cool. It was one of those space guns where you, 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 when you pulled the trigger, it went and then colors and flashing. And it was just, oh, I couldn't wait on my turn to see what my gift would be. This is going to be so cool. And my turn came, and I ripped off the paper, and I took out a pair of slippers. 
I can still remember, in the middle of it all, finding a way to go to the washroom and getting there and those hot tears coming down my face because I did not, yeah, thank you. You're, you're healing me after all these years. <laughs> but I just felt just, I did not get what I wanted and it's not fair and all that. Sometimes we go to the Bible that we just, why did you put that in God? That's not fair. That's a, and, that, and, so, and yet we know we have some verses underlined. Let me, give you, let me give you four examples. Two from the Old Testament, two from the New Testament. You know them so well. I'm going to get some of you who know, read your Bible for years. You're going to help me finish the sentences. What about this one? God will give you the desires of your, see, he, God, shall direct your paths. All right? All things work together for, he, God, will exalt me in due time. Wow. I mean, you know those so well. And you know, there's part of those verses I left out. Because they're not as razzle-dazzle. They're not as... The sort of what I have to do. Instead of just, God, just bless me. Just do this in my life. And we, you know, and, and if you don't put in the part of the verse that does fit, you're going to end up in a situation where you say, hey, God, I thought you promised to give me the desires of my heart. I really did want that guy or girl. I really did want, you know, that gift. I really, and, and we'll end up focusing on that. And, and, and we leave out the part that says, listen to this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your, yeah. So, so let's just, just camp on that one. It'll help just make the other ones much briefer to understand. But how many know if I delight myself in the Lord, am I going to be delighting in desiring things that are not good for me? If I delight myself in the Lord, am I going to be delighting in selfishness and hatred and jealousy? No, I'm going to be delighting in goodness and having the presence of God in my life, blessing other people. Whatever good things I receive that are gifts, I'm so... I guess going to be delighting in the Lord. Watch this now. If my delights are right, then my desires will be right. Do you see that? See, it's like a filter. If I delight in the Lord, I'm going to have the right delights. And if I have the right delights, I'm going to then have the right desires. And then God will give me the desires of my heart because it will be what is best for me. Do you see that? You know, Esther said to me on the way in, was it ever nice to drive in? Because I usually, you know, with the multiple Sunday service, I drove into church with my wife this morning. Very romantic. Especially since it's her birthday. Honey, I forgot. Happy birthday. No, it's a, it is her birthday. But anyway, <clears throat> I digress. She said to me, she said, what was that that your dad gave you? Remember, he, he wrote your name and he gave you a blank check when we pastored in Ottawa. Remember your dad did that? He just gave you a blank check. I don't know why she, what she was thinking about. Maybe it's because it was her birthday. I don't know. She, maybe this is what she wants for her birthday. Not going to happen, woman. Anyways. <laughs> So she, she, uh, she asked, and, and then, you know, you know what you know, her next line was? I said, that was to do the roof, the shingling of the roof in, in, in Ottawa, the house we had in Manertick. And she said, she said, he must have trusted you a lot to do that. She said, I remember how moved you were, just how much your dad trusts you. It's like that with the Lord, right? When you delight him, when you want to please your father, God, how many know you'll only want to do what he has entrusted you to do? Do you see that? 
So you delight yourself in him, and then he can trust you. He can, he'll meet all of your needs according to his riches. Now, we need to move on because I said there are four examples. Watch this. God will direct my paths. What am I leaving out? Well, three conditions, actually. Watch this. Trust in the Lord with... Yeah, there's one. Lean not upon your own understanding. In all your ways... Those are like three conditions. And then he will... Listen, if I'm acknowledging God in all my ways, leaning not my own understanding, and I'm trusting him in everything, how many know... I'll be walking down a path that he can lead me in. Do you see that? It's the same here with all things work together for good. Keep reading. For those who love God and are called, in other words, those who are fulfilling his purposes for their life. His purpose is not ours. His. And then what about that one, you know, um, he'll exalt you in due time. How does it start? Humble yourself before the Lord. Then you'll be in a position for him to exalt you at just the right time. Do you see it? So I have a question for you. Getting back to the verse that didn't fit now. How did the shepherds personally meet the Messiah Jesus? How did they have the privilege of going and personally seeing the Messiah, the Son of God, that God's people through the ages would have longed for this sight. How did they have that privilege? Was it from the announcement of the angels that was so spectacular? The razzle-dazzle announcement that said, Glory to God in the highest, peace, great joy, all people. Did it come from that? No. The only way they found Jesus and got to personally be with him was to go by the verse that didn't seem to fit. What did it say? What did it say? There will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. An animal's feeding bucket. That's, that's where you will find your Messiah. You know, it, it, it was the words that did not fit that got them to Jesus. Do you see that? It's the same in our lives. You won't find Jesus by just saying, I want to have this spiritual experience. I want to have God bless me in my life, so I'm going to follow the Lord. No, 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 no. It's those who humble themselves, who are hungry for spiritual reality. Those who seek him with how much of their hearts? All. You will seek me and you will find me if you seek after me with all of your hearts. It's those who receive his gift of forgiveness and so then they go into the rest of their life learning what it is to forgive others. It's those who trust him with all their heart. Those who delight themselves in a God who loves them so much that he came to earth to give us a second chance at the life that he had originally made us for. And after meeting Jesus, the shepherd's lives were never the same. How can you meet Jesus and have your life? I mean, if you really know he's God, and he came for you, and he loves you, died to forgive you, you know, if you know he's your Savior, how can you ever be the same again? The Bible says that they just talk to everybody. How many know taking care of sheep never could have been the same? Uh, going to work. Conversations could never be the same. They, they kept spreading the word. Uh, the Bible says, Luke says about Jesus, their future was never the same. And it's exactly the same for anyone in this room who knows about Christmas, but doesn't know Jesus Christ personally. It changes everything. You realize that life is so much more than, you know, getting up, going to work, 
food, sports, sex, entertainment. And then at the end of your life, you die. Realize there's a lot more to it than that. Jesus came to help us understand that he wants us to have the future that he originally made us for. How many know Jesus wants us to live forever? But we can't take sin with us to mess up heaven. So he, he says, if, if you exercise your free will and say yes to my forgiveness, I'll, I'll forgive you. I'll give you the gift of forgiveness and the gift of eternal life. And he wants to do that for every one of us in this room today. Now, what a, what, a, what a great way to finish up this series to say that's our purpose, to go out like the shepherds did and spread the word. Invite people to the two Christmas Eve services. Get out there and spread the word. What a great way to end this series. But you know what? If I ended it there, we would not hear about the next big surprise. This Jesus who left heaven surprised so many at Christmas time, died for us to take care of our biggest problem, rose from the dead so that we know that we can be having an eternal life. He is now getting ready to return to earth. Did you know that? It's called the second advent. First one's Christmas. He's coming again. And Jesus was very clear that his return will be a surprise. Not that he would return. That's not a surprise. But when he would return, that it would be a surprise. When Jesus was asked when he would return, his answer was recorded in Matthew 24 of your, of your Bible. You can check it out. He says, he's basically saying, we've looked at it in this series. He says, it'll happen, I'll return when the world seems really off course. And every, he gives examples of everything from governments and violence and wars to the environment. And then he says, secondly, some will be prepared for my return and some will not. They'll just keep living for themselves when I return. And then third, he said, it will happen when you least expect it. Yeah. So the Apostle Paul writes the Christians in Thessalonica, Greece, because they're saying, where is Jesus returning? I thought he was going to come quickly and come now. And, 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 and Paul's clear. He says, it can happen anytime. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I can tell you how it's going to happen. He says, the Lord himself, that's Jesus, will come down from heaven with a loud command and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Say it with me. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. So listen to me, dear one. Listen to me. If you have a day this Christmas, sir, in 2018, where, where you, you lose hope, you just start to lose hope. You know what that means? All that means is you're not looking far enough ahead. <laughs> means you're not looking far enough ahead. How many know Jesus is coming again? That's our eternal hope. And we can know what's going to happen because we've heard from Pastor John that God keeps his promises. Came the first time. It's going to surprise us. It's going to come again. So be, I thought it'd be a great idea that before we head out of this room, like we did last night, we just take a few moments now to remind ourselves of how blessed we are. <laughs> Before we even open any other presents, how blessed we are. Before we're with people, maybe 
that we love to be with? Maybe not so much. But we're so blessed. I, I want to ask you, are you breathing today? <laughs> then you're, 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 you've got evidence right there that God cares for you and wants your life to continue here. Have you heard the good news of Jesus? Then you have evidence that God's aware of you and he'll do whatever it takes, however far you feel you are away from him, he'll do whatever it takes to, to get out there and find you and reach you with his transforming love. How many here have received Jesus personally? Well, then you know what your main mission is now? To spread the word. Like the shepherds, to spread the word. Get on the phone, email today about, you know, start today with the Christmas Eve service. They're going to be designed especially for your friends and guests that you would bring. Pastor Jonathan and Matt have a great two services lined up. So just spread the word. And then I have another question for you. Is Jesus Christ returning for you? And that means that whatever this Christmas is like and next Christmas and the one after it, that's what your best Christmas will always be the one that is yet to come in the presence of the Lord. Isn't that great? So let's pray. And church family, after we, uh, I, I did you in a brief prayer. I'm going to invite you just to keep praying. Just reset your heart. Recalibrate your soul. Just... Um, rebalance yourself in your mind before you go into maybe what have been be some busy and demanding uh, get-togethers and times ahead or maybe you're alone but just it doesn't matter what the situation is after I pray we're gonna have a song sung for us that invites us to uh, remind ourselves it says God remind me remind me of how good I have it because you came at Christmas so, Lord, remind us of how blessed we are in this room today. Remind us how much you care about us, how much you are aware of us, what you did to find us, what you gave up to become our Savior. Remind us that you're returning to take us to be with you. Remind us, Lord, right when we need to be reminded the most. Remind us of how good we have it because we have you, Jesus. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.